Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and sitting next to me is my co-host and wife of six years, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I am so happy to be here. Wow. Wow. What a night we've had so far, huh? Woo! Let's say we used to think this would be called After 7, but tonight it might be called After 9.31. Yeah, it's late tonight for us. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, as you all know, uh, th- to those of you who listened to episode one of the podcast, thank you. And if you're joining us for the first time for episode two, we're excited to have you come along. What's the long finish? Just to recap, it's a podcast uh, with my wife, Catherine, and I as we discuss um, owning and operating Esther's Barn Wine Shop in Santa Monica, California. We want to tell you about what it's like uh, for us to open and run this restaurant um, while also trying to keep our marriage alive and keep our two young boys alive. Our boys are three and nine months old. And um, yeah, so hopefully you guys are coming along for this ride. Um, Catherine, tonight was tough. Tonight was really tough. Really tough for us. Like we started episode one, we're going to rank the night um, of putting the boys down, the process. And tonight was tough. Like I said last episode, if we could get the kids to bed by seven fifteen, I consider that a good night. We missed that by over an hour tonight. It was pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. We decided to have dinner at Esther's, um, which was awesome. You know, and that, and that should have been the tale. That should have been the tale for us because uh, our oldest was playing a puzzle quietly. Our youngest was smiling at every guest. We thought this was utopia. We thought it was bliss. I, I mean, it was a miracle. I We have never dined out where both children have been in the best mood. So quiet. So cute. Just like laughing at people at other tables and being so amenable. I mean, I was pinching you like something bad is going to happen. Yeah, you caused this uh, <laughs> this meltdown that we had. But it was it was so great. I mean, at least it's... You know, there are going to be meltdowns, but it's just its kind of a great day when you're in public and it's feeling great and at least the meltdown happens at home with just us. Yeah, and for us, it's all about appearances. We just want to look good in front of other people, other families. We want other families to uh, be jealous of how well-behaved our kids are. That's when, hilarious since tonight's like the only night it's ever yeah, happened. When in reality, th- these kids are just little terrors. Um, they're, they're, they're just uh, full of energy. They're little hamsters. They can't, <laughs> <laughs> they're just, just jumping. I like that nickname for, for, for our guys. <laughs> you little hamsters, you know, but uh, the, the oldest did not want to go to bed to, 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 to the bath. You know, he wanted to stand up in the bath, and I just—we were already way past bedtime. But the real, the real sink in tonight was that I did not buy more kids' soap. Thank you. And that just—you know—almost sank the ship here. You know what? I, I want to say thank you to my wife for 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 own, for owning this because. <laughs> You know, I don't do bath every night, and when I do do it, I expect to have all the tools at the ready. And when I was missing the kids' soap, I I just kind of I threw a little temper tantrum. 
<laughs> maybe it was maybe the meltdown was not Marquise. Maybe the meltdown was me. I think actually the kids were doing okay. Yeah, it was my <laughs> my fault. I needed a moment afterwards, so I'm excited to drink the wine that we're gonna have tonight. But before we go into the wine, Catherine, what do you rank the bedtime for our two boys tonight? Well, I would say for me, it was around an 8.5, maybe for you a so, 4.5. So, 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 so ten, 10 being a great bedtime? Yeah, I'd say Wow. Eight. Wow, um, 8.5. Well, I had the baby most of the time, and you were dealing with the soap and the three-year-old. It's true. It's true, yeah. So um, for me, it was... I know. I, I was just frustrated. So I th- I'm, I'm going to say it was probably... A th- you said 4.5 for yeah. me? I'm going to say... F- Four, three, three point five, four. So it could be a blended six. Blended six, because last episode we had a six point five. We thought that was pretty good. Yeah. So I think it's definitely a five. Okay. All right. So well, take and, and the weight. Maybe the measure for me is how badly I need a glass of wine after the bedtime, and it was I needed a glass of wine, and I'm ready to to go into the wine for tonight. So I couldn't be happier. For those of you who don't know. Catherine is a former food and wine Psalm of the Year, which she will never tell you about. I'm happy to tell people about because I'm super proud of her. And um, I learned so much about wines from Catherine. So I'm hoping that as we go on this journey together, you all will glean some of the things that I've learned from Catherine over the years. And um, I know you're super excited about this wine tonight, Catherine. So um, I'm excited to to drink it. Um, I want to make sure I have a Malibu pour for this. Oh, yes, babe. <laughs> So what, you deserve it. Thank you. Um, what do we have tonight? So we have a white wine tonight from Italy. The name of the producer is La Cappuccina. It's from Suave, which is a region in the Veneto, about an hour's drive from Venice, east of Verona. And it's vintage 2017. We have had this wine before. But it's been a long time, and it's, it wasn't this vintage. So I'm excited to try it again. It's delicious. And I don't know if it's because I'm just super uh, craving a glass of it wine. It is so delicious. No, it's really, really good. So thank you for, for reintroducing the wine to me and to this group of listeners tonight. And um, It's 100% Garganaga. That's the grape variety. And anytime you see Suave on a label... It's always Garganaga. This is a small family winery that's been in business since 1890. So that's pretty cool. And they have 90 acres of vineyards. They're all organic. And it's been in the same family for that whole time. Um, They're really about making wines from the vineyard. This is just all in stainless steel. um, No oak influence. So it's kind of about purity, about really representing what this grape varietal is. And I like this region because it is versatile. So this grape, Garganaga, which is impossible to pronounce, yeah, I'm no probably one, no, doing yeah. it wrong. No, no and one's don't, that, right? No need to remember because in Europe, we think about regions, not grape varietals. Suave is not a grape varietal. It's a place. So, so okay. You're saying that when when you're talking about old world wines, that means wines from Europe wines, generally. Wines from Europe, you think about regions and not varietal. You think yes. about, for instance, Burgundy, 
Champagne, Barolo. Those are places, yeah. not grape varieties. They are almost always tell you what grape variety you're going to get in that wine because there are laws and rules that regulate that. But we're talking about place first. That's the difference. So Suave is not a grape. It's a place. Chianti is a place, not a grape. Same thing. Cool. That's helpful. Um, so this is, so Garganaga and this region, Suave can be made with oak, without oak. It can be more for a Chardonnay lover. It can be more for a Pinot Grigio lover. What I think is really approachable about this wine is that it's not super high acid, so it doesn't take the enamel off your teeth. It becomes uh, easy drinking with or without food. When you talk about acid, um, just to backtrack real quick, because it took me a while to learn this too. Yeah. Can you, can you talk about what the acid is, and also can you just tell about how it um, how how it feels in your mouth? Acid is like sucking on a lemon. So let's say you put it in your mouth for a second. Squeeze it just a little, right? You can picture that. Or you really chomp down on it and suck it. That is acid. So how much pucker is there? And when there's a lot of acid, your mouth waters after drinking it. When you want to, it makes you more thirsty and it makes you hungry. When there's a medium amount of acid or low acid, it sort of sits on your tongue. Your mouth doesn't water as much. It's a little bit easier to drink without food. Um, and then for, for like, if you're taking a SOM test, what are the gradations of acid? Low, medium, and high. You could also say medium plus. Or medium plus. Yeah, or s- yeah variation, In our variations world, within there. Yeah. Super high or yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost not there. Yeah. You know, it, it, there's a great range. And a lot of wine lovers tend to like wines with acid because over time, that's what sort of wicks you up and you get excited about. And it's what structure is and it makes you want to eat and drink more. And that's kind of part of what wine loving is. But sometimes when you just want to ease into it or you want to drink something like right now without food... This is the perfect wine to have because it doesn't have high acid. Or if you have a spicy meal, you don't want a high acid wine because that totally, your mouth is already on fire from the spices. You don't want to be on fire from acid. So what wines would you say are the big primary color wines um, that this may be a comp for? So people who drink like... X or Y wine should give this a shot. What's really special about this particular Suave is that it could appeal to a lot of white wine drinkers. If you like Sauvignon Blanc, you might like this because it does have some citrus elements to it and it's kind of medium acid. It's not really grapefruity or grassy. It doesn't have that Sauvignon Blanc thing, but it is medium body, medium acid, and has some citrus. If you like Pinot Grigio, this will be great for you because Pinot Grigio has medium acid. 
this has medium acid. Pinot Grigio isn't super floral. It isn't super anything. It's a little bit of stone fruit, but it's kind of mellow on the nose. Um, and it can be a little mineral. And that's what this is. Although I'd say this has maybe a little more body than a typical Pinot Grigio. You might like this if you like a non-oaky Chardonnay because it has some texture to it. Um, this actually sits on the lees, the dead yeast cells, that that's what gives it more texture even. And it has medium body. It has that stone fruit to it, but it has medium acid. Like a Chardonnay doesn't off, doesn't always have high acid. It usually has medium or medium plus. So great. That's really helpful. I think this wine is delicious. And if you don't mind pouring me some more while I talk, I would love it. Just to put a button on this this wine, um, for those for those people who are interested in going out to their local wine purveyor and saying, you know what, I drink cabs, merlots, chardonnays, or let's say I, let's say for instance for this wine, I drink chardonnays, pinot grigios, and I'd like to go one step in a different direction, try something new. What what how would how would you help them describe that to the person so that they could find something different? First of all, if you want to drink a suave, that is really available in a lot of places, on a lot of wine menus, in a lot of stores. It's a region that's not so obscure you could find it. But if you are talking about if you are a white wine drinker and you want to try something different, you could talk about, I want a wine that is medium acid. I want a wine that is low acid. I want a wine that has stone fruit flavors or that maybe that's too esoteric stone fruit. You could just say whatever you think it is, peachy apricot, whatever you think. If you don't even know any of those flavors, sometimes I go for a color. I'm like, this is kind of like yellow fruit and medium acid. If that's too much, if that's too intense, I would just say it doesn't have bite to it. It doesn't sting my throat. It's really soft when it goes down, but it's not oaky. That helps tell well, that's, something. That's, no, that is good. It doesn't sting. It has a little, it feels like something in my mouth. It's not too thin. I would say that. It has some texture. I think those are all great tips. And um, we'll put a picture of the, the wine bottle on uh, our social media pages, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So you can take a look and see what we're drinking tonight. And we'll do that for all the podcasts that we uh, are doing um, starting from episode one and going forward. So hopefully you take a picture, take it to your local wine purveyor and say, hey, do you have this or do you have something like this? We'd like to try it. We'll, we'll do our best to put the wines out, announce the wines that we're drinking ahead of time. So you can either um, get the wines after you listen to the podcast or maybe you pick them up and you drink the wine as we're talking about the wine during the podcast. I'm straight up glugging this wine. Like it's I, been a long day. I mean, we talk about the long finish. We talked about this before, but like, yes, we have this idea of of, uh, of unending journeys, but really just the day to day 
for us right now, um, three-year-old, nine-month-old wine bar is an absolute grind. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying this wine tonight. I am too. And one more thing I want to say about this wine is like, this is such a great recommendation for a party or for even a wedding because it checks so many boxes because it could be for a Pinot Grigio lover, even a Sauvignon Blanc lover, a Chardonnay lover. A lot of different white wine drinkers will really like this wine. They can drink it before the food comes. They can drink it with the food. I have sold this to many people for parties and weddings. It's really a great, versatile white wine. And people just enjoy it. It feels familiar enough, you know, but it's not so on the nose. Sometimes Chardonnay is so on the nose that it ends up, people hate it. Same with Sauvignon Blanc. So it's nice to have a wine that's like, hey, this is neutral territory. Don't worry, we won't offend you. It's, You're safe with us. It's suave. You can trust us. We're suave. <laughs> yeah. We won't let you down. We're pleasing. Really? No. It's almost I... like you recognize us, but you don't know where. Yes. And as I, I don't know if I said this already, but this is a wine that keeps on giving. I swear to you, we will fully finish this bottle tonight. But if we didn't, it would be delicious tomorrow. This wine gives for the next few days in the fridge. It's it's a total value. I think that's a great point because you and I have had a lot of wines over the years where the wine, some wines improve and some wines fall off. And if you're if you're drinking wines at home where you just want to have a glass a night, you want to find those wines where you're going to get the same great glass or of wine or better. Better or different. Multiple nights into the bottle. And that is, like you said, it's not always the case and you just can't predict it. You cannot. Sometimes you think, oh my God, this wine is so, you know, tight the first night. And then it's dead the next night. Or sometimes you think, this is a natural wine. I don't know. It'll probably be dead tomorrow. And then it lasts for like a week. We experiment a lot with that. And we are not afraid to throw out the end of the ends of bottles, you know. And to me, that's the all. real evolution of a person who is enjoying wine for the wine. Because you asked me 15 years ago to throw out. You, you know me. My wife obviously knows me. I don't throw out anything. Not a piece of paper, not a receipt. No, no. So if you're asking me to, I would, I would drink a wine that you know has been in the fridge for a month. So you know, this is just me evolving as a human. Um, he does. I've seen him pour it out. <laughs> I've seen it. It's hard. It's hard to do that too. I definitely try it before I toss it. Um, but this is awesome. This is a great discussion. As always, um, we're looking to end the night with. Uh, Whatever's inspiring you right now, I'll go first. Very simple. I really um, love the show Succession on HBO. I'm, I'm so glad it's back. I loved season one so much. Uh, probably, I have a few favorite shows. I loved Barry on HBO as well. Um, I love Succession as well, and I'm loving this season. So it's it's just awesome for me to watch a show that you kind of get up for 
every week and the quality is just so high and um yeah i mean we're, we're really are the golden age of television happy to be watching succession so happy that's back i i I, I can't stop thinking about that first episode it's- i know well yeah and, and that th- she's alluding to the fact that we are behind i mean like uh, we oh, we're, we're, no well people i mean we're almost halfway through the season but we're just uh getting into the season and um can't wait to watch season two in entirety what's uh what's been inspiring you this week well i know where you're going so i just want to say this summer because i know how much you love this book yes i love to read i'm not afraid of it i make time to read and i am happy to talk about books anytime earlier this summer um, and I still cannot stop thinking about it because people are Instagramming me all the time about it is I really loved Three Women by Lisa Tadeo. This book is breaking ground. I feel like it's the Me Too movement meets Fifty Shades of Grey. If you're reading it on an airplane, you're wondering if the person next to you is reading over your shoulder and you're thinking, ah. but at the same time, you cannot put it down and it has to be said. She's talking for real women, but the way she's writing is like it's total fiction and I'm a fiction lover, so I'm like so into it. I think her writing is so engaging. It was truly inspiring her writing, but also like what it means to be a woman and what is sexuality and man, Lisa Tadeo props. And she's a friend too, so uh I'm happy to say that, but I would be saying it if I didn't know her. Yeah, full disclosure, you know, Lisa is a, a good friend of ours, but it still surprised us about how good the book was. Like I mean, you've known a person for a long time. Oh, they're a writer. Oh, that's cool. I read your article. Yeah, the article is great. You, you didn't know that that this incredible novel or nonfiction masterpiece was going to come out of them. It's so cool. You're like, well, I guess I didn't know you that well. Yeah, the piece is, the book is nonfiction, but it reads like a page turner. It does. It's, um, you know, I will say it is not suitable for work and be careful or, who, to, to who you suggest it to because yeah. there are some sexual uh or a lot of sexual uh, passages but uh, the book is fantastic uh soon to be um a limited series i believe on showtime um yeah it, it was I, I read that book as well i loved it so congrats to lisa I love today that you read it yeah thanks i think it's, a lot of women out there are happy you read it yeah well it's it's i i, I read I read that book this year, and that's the only book I read, but I loved it. <laughs> okay. I read a lot of uh, New Yorkers and New York Times no, and Sports Illustrated. you're Illustrators. the periodical guy. <laughs> I'm the book lady. And you know what? We'll make this a new section uh, of the podcast is what is Catherine reading this week? So we'll start doing that for week three. Oh. Uh, actually, we'll do it right now. What are you reading right now? Um, just finished. Evie Drake starts over. <sighs> such a sweet like romantic novel but also kind of deep about this woman who's a widow and she meets this like baseball player who kind of like can't pitch anymore and they end up falling in love and it was 
I thought it was just going to be a romantic comedy, but then it was so much more than that. And I really fell in love with the main character. Um, that's solid. What's, what's the name of the book again? Evie Drake Starts Over. So with this book club that we're starting for you, um, what wine do you recommend reading Evie Drake Starts Over with? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, it's my job. I gotta say, just like a solid, solid Monterey County Chardonnay. (laughs) California Chardonnay. You heard it here, folks. Grab yourselves (laughs) a California Chardonnay to get the latest book. And we'll put this book on Instagram um, and our social media accounts to keep up with Catherine Coker's book club. It's almost as big as Reese Witherspoon's and almost as big as Oprah's. Well, props to them because I have read plenty of Oprah's and and Reese's recommendations that I loved. So I hope from your mouth to God's ears, I hope someday my book club will be in the ranks. But I got to say, Reese told me to read (laughs) The Lost Vin... No, she told me to read The Alice Network and she was right. Good on you, Reese. (laughs) Bringing good into the world. Well, that's it for today. Um, Catherine, do you have, uh, where, where can they find you on uh, social media? You can find me at CatherineWildCoker.com. You can find Esther's at Esther's Wine. Wait a minute. You're at you're a .com? Yeah, it's a .com. Where can they find you on Instagram? <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at CatherineWildCoker. And you can find Esther's at Esther's Wine. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. And you can find us on uh, social media at The Long Finish on Instagram and Twitter. And we'll be on Facebook soon. Be sure to leave us if you want uh, a review. We love reviews uh, or wherever you can find podcasts. Uh, We're just getting started here, hopefully to shed some more light on our life as we try to own and operate a wine bar, Esther's Wine Bar in Santa Monica, California, while we raise two kids and keep our marriage alive. High five for episode two of the podcast. We did it, folks. So thanks for tuning in. Hopefully next uh, next episode we'll get to another great wine for you to enjoy while you're listening to the show. And until then, have a great week and happy drinking. Ciao.